Hello, I'm Chris. And I'm Jillian. And welcome to Dead to Us, our first podcast on the JK Podcast Network, where we will be discussing one of our favorite shows, Dead to Me, on Netflix. We are going to be talking about season two, so if you haven't seen season one, make sure you go back and get caught up. In this podcast, we will be talking about episode two in season two. There will be spoilers, so watch the first two episodes before listening. And before we break down the episode, as always, some of the language in our podcast may not be suitable for young children, so you might want to get them out of the room. (laughs) So, hey, girl. Hey, girl. How's it going? So we open up the episode, this is pretty exciting, with the twin brother, not the amnesia victim. And Jen faints. (laughs) Yeah. And he says, uh, I'm Ben. And uh Jen says, Who who the fuck is Ben? And he says, uh, I'm the fuck is Ben. So there we have Steve's sort of identical brother. Uh (laughs) remember what Judy uh says about that? I thought they said it was something like semi-identical, something about one egg, two sperm. I'm not sure. I never heard of that before, but... Me uh, either. <laughs> anyway, that was definitely uh, a big shock. And uh, Jen, Jen wakes up and uh, says, yeah, she's been under stress, you know, global warming, uh, <laughs> political stuff going on. Anyway, uh cool she says yeah it's cool yeah and um being kind of a security conscious type person not on the level of karen but um my question is how does ben know where jen lives that's a really good question i that's a really good question i didn't really think about any ideas? Well, you know, you and I have discussed um, off the podcast a little bit about hmm, were Ben and Steve in this, you know, money laundering thing together? You know, how much did they communicate? Did they maybe even being twins, semi identical or or what? But maybe they switch places. So you know, may you know, he seems like he doesn't know a whole lot. But of course, I'm skeptical. It could be a Freaky Friday situation. Uh, not really sure yet. Yeah. Uh, but he does say that uh, he's tired of being in his house. His parents are going crazy pacing because no one knows where Steve is and the FBI is looking for Steve. Mm. And then uh, makes a great joke saying that it's not like when he got in trouble going to a Sugar Ray concert. And of course... <laughs> has to say you know sugar a is so fucking douchey and i can't say i disagree to you (laughs) not at all (laughs) i guess you had to be there huh (laughs) i guess i missed that (laughs) i think most people did (laughs) Uh, maybe they held on to the money they made so yay for them huh yeah yeah but he's a journalist is Judy says so you know maybe he's maybe he's turning over a new leaf so we'll see <laughs> and, uh, Henry's there and he's surprised to see 
he is surprised surprised to see Ben and mostly because he said he's surprised he didn't know Judy had any other friends besides his mom. Yeah, that really struck me also. <laughs> I know, and even even Judy went, oh, you know, and but it's kind of true. And the same thing is is true of um, of Jen, really. I don't think she has, you know, she has her ex-partner who she, you know, ended up kind of getting fired from, but point that's a good point we'd have to uh, think about that some more yeah um and uh i i love how the next scene they're together uh in jen's closet and jen's getting dressed and she's changing blazers and they do this a lot in the show in the middle of talking about something really important just some little little uh, fashion aside or some other small detail. And Judy mentions, no, I like the green blazer. Yes. Yeah. That, that very ordinary interaction amongst this huge, like there's a twin and there's the FBI and you've been talking to the FBI and you didn't tell me all this. <laughs> exactly. And Jen tells Judy, uh, Steve was right. Wherever you go, chaos follows. And we're going to hear that line again in this episode. Yes. And you know, that scene, um, I, you know, that scene really rubbed me uh, the wrong way because it was, it was a difficult scene. It almost seemed like Jen was taking the place of, of Steve's behavior or interaction with Judy. And then Judy was back to that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And even though Jen luckily, you know, not luckily, but even though at least Jen was saying, well, don't say out you're sorry. It doesn't mean anything if you keep saying it, you know, which is a good point. Right. And uh, maybe every time she says, I'm sorry, someone ought to stop and have a drink. Yes. Because there's a lot of I'm sorry and it's okay. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if you'd remember the end of the episode. <laughs> Mm, you'll have to remind me <laughs> <laughs> now. And then Jan is really worried about what happens if, she, if her kids, uh, what would happen to her kids if she gets taken to jail. And she thinks that uh, she, Judy said she would take the kids. And Jen said, oh, I'd never let you, you have really bad judgment. And again, like you just said, she's being really, just, just mean to her, kind of like Steve, and not saying that Judy always has the best judgment, but she has good intentions always, and she has a good heart. I think we talked about that a little bit last week, but that was still just really, really mean, I thought, how she said that. Yeah, she definitely just laid it out, which, you know, yeah, and you're going to think that because she, you know, she lives in her car some of the time, and, you know... I, I don't blame Jen for thinking, oh my gosh, I don't think I could do that. But, you know, you don't usually say that to somebody. It's just really hurtful. Especially someone who you're close with. Yeah. And, and when you're in the middle of anger, you know, it's better not to That's, say much. That, that is true. Think about it first, right? Give yourself some, even if it's 10 seconds to think about it. And when we do find out, or we already found out that Judy said she had lived with her mom in a car for over a year, you know, we don't know what what kind of of poverty she lived in, what 
what her socioeconomic situation was growing up. We don't know anything about that, about her situation with her mom. Was there a dad? We don't know. You know, it seems like Jen might have come from a more privileged background or might be more used to that. I mean, we don't know yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll be curious you know. to find out a little bit more and then and then also how that how that has affected Judy, um, especially because she does seem to be a little less grounded, you know, and she um, she's also pretty resilient because, you know, of, of things she's gone through. So, you know, there's there's good and bad things. So it'll be interesting to see what plays out. I mean, she didn't even have a car that we know of uh before Abe gave her the car so definitely a lot more to well learn. the car she had remember was the one she killed Jen's husband in so that car was out <laughs> true I was just thinking it was Steve's car but maybe it was her car yeah I he bought it for her for her birthday I think I think they did in the first season so but it was listed under that TK TK TKG arts under Steve's company yeah. so technically yeah it seems like everything belonged to Steve and so she never really did have a home even though she was with him and isn't that the situation that a lot of women find themselves mm -hmm. in? yeah um, and we see uh, Judy and Ben walking outside and Judy's telling Judy's telling Ben that Steve may have gone to Mexico. Yes. And you're going to excuse my dog here. <laughs> He's part of the show. I my puggle. She, oh, yeah, she wants to be in the show. So then uh, we get to uh, the office where Steve worked, and that's where the receptionist greets her with, hey, girl, hey, girl. Yes, and the whole girl thing. I noticed that in the first season, and I thought, you know, I've done that, like, to my girlfriends and you know, I meant it in a friendly, you know, caring way. But when I hear it like that, it just really made me realize how impersonal and kind of demeaning it is. And especially the way they use it. Oh my gosh. That's true. And remember last season when Steve had a new girlfriend after Judy and we saw the receptionist talking to her in the same way. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. So it's sort of a, a replaceable pronoun. It doesn't even matter who the face is there, who the person is. It's just very generic. And yeah, I'd say it's kind of demeaning. Yeah. And it's, it's sad to see that women are using it on other women. You know, we're supposed to be lifting each other up. And that's, that's definitely not doing it. I'm kind of a little bit mixed. On that, I have to think about that some more because I definitely also have people say, hey, girl, or or how about the, uh, hey, bitches. So I have to think about that. Yeah, bit. it's but. yeah, it's interesting because a, a lot of what people say, um, ha it really matters what the intention behind it is. But, um, but, you know, yeah, it's good to think about the words. It is. I think in this case, I... I don't think that the receptionist is using it in a way um, signifying that she's really friends with her. I think it's just kind of a replaceable, like she's replaceable. I, I don't think anything really very personal about that connection. So yeah, I'd say it's kind of demeaning. Yeah, definitely there. Mm -hmm. 
And then I want to talk about the scene that we see with Jen when her mother-in-law, Lorna, comes into the office. She's really a work. So uh, she comes in with that fabulous uh, tiger dress on. And I love that she's on the cover of a magazine called Over Asking. Yeah. I mean, could that be any more perfect? Right? Yes. So they're realtors in case... Uh, someone doesn't remember. And you remember they, they talk about uh, maybe that Lorna could be the guardian of the boys if something were to happen to Jen. Jen is uh, editing her will on her computer. Yes, and, um, and as she asked her, I was thinking, yeah, compared to Judy, she does at least have some money, some stability, a house, that kind of thing, but then I thought about in season one, she was, Lorna was pretty devastated because the night that Ted died, he apparently had left her voicemail or voice message and needed to get a hold of her, but she was either passed out drunk or on the pills. So, you know. Right. And we see pills again here when she gives her a bottle of fentanyl and Jen's like, how'd you even get that? So. I don't think she's a great choice. And I remember she said, oh, raising Ted was the great honor of my life. So they sort of had a bizarre mother-son relationship, even though we never got to know Ted. That seems like a really weird thing to say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. She throws a few uh, passive-aggressive comments to Jen. She asks her if she's uh, sleeping. She says, get some blood work. You're looking a little brittle. Mm -hmm. So uh, I wouldn't want to have her as the guardian of my kids. No, I don't think so. But, you know, Jen is really stuck because, you know, like we said, she doesn't really have anybody else. Maybe she'll ask her, her former partner. Um, he seems a little more at least caring and, you know, not stoned. <laughs> or she could ask Karen. The kids will always be protected. <laughs> That's true. They, they might be socially awkward forever, but... That's okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, lots of Mexican lasagna with raisins. Well, can you imagine Charlie putting up with that? Uh, no, I can't. <laughs> I, I, yeah, Karen, she's, was she in this episode? I don't think she was, was she? I don't think so. I didn't know. I missed the oblivious Karen. Oh, no, she's entertaining. And then we're back discussing, we learn a little bit more about Steve's money laundering at the art gallery. And then there's something seems really off about him. He hugs Judy. He apologizes for his brother, says that she's better off without him. She tells him that he turned Steve into the police and he seems okay with this. And then they find that um, petrified rock from the forest that that uh, Steve took that he wasn't supposed to take. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that she thought was bringing on all of this bad luck, all of the miscarriages. and Right, it was a bad luck, like a totem. A bad a petrified rock must have some other kind of significance I think we might not have seen yet. It's reminding me somewhat of Chekhov's gun. If it's there for a reason. Mm -hmm. Or why yet? I don't know if I'm overanalyzing it, but we spent a lot of time talking about the petrified forest over the two seasons. So I, I think it's got to mean something, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. And I wonder if 
if it is true that they, the brothers switch places sometimes, you know, if maybe Ben is going to know something that he wasn't supposed to know. So, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> the really funny scene next in the church with the Holy Harmonies and they're yes. singing Forever Young. Wasn't that a Rod Stewart song? I think it was. Yeah. And I'm Rod Stewart, but I never really liked that song. It, it's so cheesy. I think they played at graduations. I think I, I heard it at a graduation. I don't know. Not my favorite. Yeah. It worked for the Holy Harmonies, though. <laughs> That again? It worked for those holy harmonies. It did. It did. They're pretty funny. And there's her her friend and former partner, Christopher, who works with the group. And that's how Henry got involved with the group, which is really kind of funny because his mom is so anti-religion and, and he's in the holy harmonies. It's it's perfect. It's so funny. It's very ironic. Oh yeah. And the when the when the uh one of the moms comes up to ask her to volunteer and you know she understandably is like I don't know if I'm gonna be here I don't know what's gonna happen and she drops the f-bomb in church and you know sometimes you just you know I think she's I think Jen is kind of harsh and I'm just like oh my gosh but you know at the same time it's like wow that must be really freeing just to say whatever the fuck you want whenever the fuck you want <laughs> and it's so true to character I like that it's so Jen and let me tell you I remember when my kids were little, um, the moms were put upon all the time. Uh, they don't care if you work, they don't care what the deal is. And it, I totally relate to Jen in that instance, like, uh, you know, like leave me alone. I don't want to do this. I mean, I bet she does get suckered into doing something. Yeah. Yeah. She probably will. And she won't enjoy it. And I can relate to that also. But she, she would do it for her son because she is a good mom. Yes. Yeah. She definitely wants the best for her boys. Yeah. So then Christopher comes up and has a surprise to share with, with Jen. Yeah. The really, really cute little puppy that she gives to that he gives to Jenna Hold, and he said that he and his new boyfriend, Alan, who've only been together for a month, adopted the puppy, and he gives a great line saying that now they're a lesbian stereotype because they moved in together after a month and adopted a puppy. <laughs> yes. Do you remember what Jen says to him about the, about the puppy? Well, first she's hugging the puppy and looks like she doesn't want to give him back. And do you remember what uh, he says? Oh, you know, I'll give you the number of my breeder. Yeah. And she says, you got her from a fucking puppy breeder, which I just, as a, as a rescue person, I just love that line. I'm so glad they put that in there. Yes. As a rescue person, I love that also. So that was perfect. Yes. But it was, it was good to see Jen, um, drop her guard with the puppy. And, um, and I think really, I mean, with Judy as well, but with Christopher, she, she does, she is pretty honest and open. I feel. I agree. I agree. And that was a nice scene for her. I don't think she's usually that, like you said, drops her guard that much. And so easily loving like that. I think that was a good scene. I think Jen needs to get a dog is what I'm thinking. A rescue dog. <laughs> yes, definitely. Go to the shelter. 
Yes, yes. <laughs> Wonderful dogs at the shelter. Yes. So. And, uh, we're back in the car and Dan is um, uh, in the car with the boys and saying, maybe we should go to Canada. And Charlie says, Canada is the PBS of countries. I just love that line. Yes. And she's thinking like, oh my gosh, you know, what's going to happen here? I don't know what, what's going to happen when it, it gets found out that uh, Steve isn't alive anymore. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and to maybe escape some of this stuff for a little while. Um, but then, of course, Henry has his Holy Harmonies rehearsals and shows. And so nothing gets decided. Yeah, and it's really hard to just get up and leave your life. Mm-hmm. Besides, you know, I don't think they'll keep them in Canada forever because uh, if we could all go to Canada for a while, I think we'd stay there for a while now, wouldn't we? I think so. <laughs> it's looking better and better every day. Right? PBS of Countries works for me. Exactly. <laughs> then I want to talk about something that really stood out to me I hadn't thought about before. When we get back to the house, we see Detective Perez from last season mm -hmm. and she's front door holding a restraining order that Jen wanted for uh, against Judy and Jen has the boys go in the house but what I want to talk about is I notice that the door is bright yellow I don't know why I never noticed that before I think that's that's a really ironic and funny choice yeah it's very cheery isn't it that that's funny I hadn't thought about that and and I noticed it um, when they opened the door for Ben, and I was like, whoa. Um, but that's funny. I'm going to have to go back to season one and see. I don't, I don't remember it being yellow either or standing yeah. out. So sunshiny and happy, kind of like the juxtaposition that we always have with a serious scene and funny, funny music. Yeah. It's that's why I the door. Yeah. I can't believe noticed that before but I'm gonna have to go back and look also yeah almost like if you you know if we have this bright sunny yellow door no we don't have a body in the freezer not at all <laughs> right <laughs> everything's happy I I don't scream to metal music in the car and <laughs> all over the place and get angry at everyone <laughs> so uh Perez is shocked rightly so that Judy comes out of the house and and I love, again, here's the line, just like with the blazer, when Judy t says to Detective Perez, did you get highlights? Yes. And then she just stops and says, yes, I did. I, I, right? And then back to the restraining order and the shock that Judy is there. So uh, Jen just says she was wrong. It was Steve Wood's car. Judy wasn't there. She confessed she was taking the blame. Judy, get back in the house. Yeah, yeah. You need to stop talking quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that is where um, Detective Perez also said that the check was for um, half a million dollars. And I think last um, episode we had said, I thought it was like a, over 100000 or something like that. But that's definitely a bigger chunk of money. And I thought, you know, it's kind of interesting, too. It's I don't know if this is so Judy. So she gets this check, she gives it to Jen, but then she turns in Steve. So the check can't be cashed because Steve's, you know, accounts are frozen. So it's like, oh, hey, Judy, think it through. <laughs> <laughs> true. That, that is true. So 
I think that obviously gets Perez's wheels turning. Like, hmm, I wonder if that's why she dropped the restraining order. You could see her wheels turning because there's this $500,000 check that hasn't been cashed yet. And I, I love the metaphor that she tells Jen about uh, Riptide. So do, do you know the metaphor about how people drown by Riptide? They get into water too deep and then they can't handle it. And Judy's a Riptide. And Steve's involved with some very dangerous people that we're going to start to learn more about. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, first when she was talking about drowning, you could see Jen's face like, oh my gosh, she knows so much more than I thought she did, but not yet. We'll see. Yeah. And then uh, there's Jen having some wine. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> so maybe everyone needs to take a sip when Jen has a sip. <laughs> She's getting really nervous about Perez being suspicious now of what's going on. And then Judy just happens to say, uh, Steve was involved with the Greek mafia, but just peripheral, peripherally. Yeah. Can't get that one out today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as if that makes it better, you know. Right. What the heck does that mean? So, of course, Jen is freaking out. And then uh, Judy says something like, just focus on the positive. He's dead. No one knows where he is. <laughs> Which is. So Judy, yes, and then, uh, I love. I just love this this little part of the scene here when Judy tells Jen, "Oh, I made a cherry pie. It's in the oven because it's Jen's favorite." Mm -hmm. And then Jen tells her that she can't eat it because she gained ten pounds over the summer. And Judy looks at her and just says, uh, "You look beautiful." Yeah, and Jen her eyes and says no and Judy says to her I wish you would learn to love yourself more that's a great line I want to talk about yeah that's that is such a great line and and I almost felt like I mean probably most people need to hear that and need to do that but I thought it really um it's true for both of them they both need to love themselves more oh that's a good point I would say that I mean obviously Jen is beautiful and 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 the weight comment is just so crazy that she makes about herself and I I love that Judy really meant that mm -hmm. and they both that's a really good point they both really need to love themselves more and it is just again kind of funny that in the middle of this whole discussion about the Greek mafia yeah. there's the pie and you need to love yourself more. yeah but I you know what? I, I guess maybe the point is that in reality, even when serious things are going on, there's still just mundane little prosaic events and moments that happen. And it kind of makes sense that almost that that comment in the pie would be in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of mixed in with the everyday stuff, especially when they've got, you know, these two boys that they're trying to pretend like everything's fine for. <laughs> Yeah, even though Charlie knows better. Mm -hmm. Which leads us to uh, the, the four of them are having dinner then. And Judy made dinner. I think Judy's the cook when she's there. And I think Jen's pretty happy about mm -hmm. that. And everyone's eating. And then the doorbell rings. And it's just so great because no one wants to get the <laughs> That <door>. was classic. 
I know. I was almost thinking if this wasn't a show and things need to keep moving along, I don't think I'd answer it. I would have just like turned off the lights and said, no, we can't take anymore. Yeah, that's, uh, I feel like that a lot of the, you know, the fell in the door. I don't want to deal with that right now. So they, they really don't want to deal with it because who could it be? Could it be Perez? Could it be Ben? Who is it? Right. Or could it be Karen? Yes. With uh, lasagna with raisins. <laughs> so uh, I get it. So anyway, Charlie, I think he's the one who says, isn't anyone going to get that? <laughs> and then I think Jen and Judy go together again, don't they? I think so. <laughs> that's, I think that's cute the way they're, um, you know, sticking together. Oh, right. So I remember now they went to the door, but it's not their door we see open. Wow. It's another that we see opening and it's Nick who was Judy's boyfriend last season who was a former detective who got kicked off uh kicked out of the department because I believe he had a, a mental breakdown after watching a former partner mm -hmm. die but he had been on to to Judy and Steve and he had been gathering evidence and I always really liked him I was really glad to see him mm -hmm. back was a really good character I, I liked him a lot so I was glad to see him. yeah and I'm hoping he will be back a little more even though Perez offered him a job and he turned her down um and it was interesting because they talked about the chief of police and how he's racist and misogynistic and and I thought I wonder if that's going to come back into play because if I I want to say that um it came up that Steve's family knew him or something in the previous season but I didn't remember that. That's a really good point. I thought maybe it was kind of just a funny joke, but yeah, I think you're on to something. Yeah, so hope I hope he I hope he does decide to take her up on the offer. But he in the meantime he gave her a folder of information. So oh I can't wait to see what's in that. Also he was uh not only just drinking a beer, he was obviously already drunk. Yes. And said, yeah, you would have to, you know, pass a sobriety test and a psych test. And he didn't want the job anyway, just gave her. Mm -hmm. So now we cut back to the other door at Jen and Judy's. And who's at that door? Well, of course, it's Goofy Ben. Yeah, Goofy is a great way to talk about him. That's a good <laughs> adjective. Or he pretends he's Goofy. He's just like happy-go-lucky Goofy. Totally opposite. Yeah of his twin brother. Yeah, almost like too much so, right? I mean, I actually, yes. I have, I have yes. cousins that are twins and they're, you know, they, they're they not identical. They look opposite, but they're not that different. You know, it's like, hmm, it just seems like a cover or something. But again, I'm skeptical. Yeah, it's bringing back some uh, deja vu of General Hospital, Days of Our Lives and all that kind of stuff. I used to see when I was, a kid and watch with my mom. So I, I yeah. don't know. What do you? Yeah, we'll see what happens with them. So uh, I love that when he's in the door. Oh, he he brought back one of Judy's paintings. We should talk about that. Oh yeah, one of the ones he gave. She gave uh, painted for his mom or Steve's mom, you know, for Christmas. And. Um, it was interesting because it was a boy. Did you notice that also? Instead of often they're girls. 
I was wondering if it was supposed to be Steve as a little That's boy. what I was thinking. And I thought it was interesting that he didn't have a heart, which I know is something she does in all of the paintings. But I thought he didn't seem to have much of a heart or conscience. But That's true. That That's a really good point. Yeah, people not having hearts in her paintings is just so mm -hmm. sad. Yeah. So she invites him in and Jen looks really, really annoyed. Like, what the hell are you doing? I don't want him in the yeah. house. So he says he'd love to come in and he'd love some, some pie. Mm -hmm. And then Jen offers him some beer or wine. Of course she does. And he says, I don't drink, which is new for yeah. the show, right? Now, did Steve used to drink? I don't remember. Um... I think he did. I don't know if they specifically really showed that. Okay, and then Judy offers him some tea, and he has my other favorite line of the show, and he says, I will get crunk on some chamomile. I know, so he's so goofy, I'm telling you. Delivery, let me say, James Morrison is really funny. <laughs> he didn't be funny last season. He just got to be, you know, devious and handsome and charming and he is really, really yeah, funny. yeah. It's entertaining to see, um, yeah. And it'll be interesting to see if he like all of a sudden shifts in personality, which could be really creepy if you're going from this seemingly really like sweet, happy, help, helpful guy to something scary. So, ooh, that could be interesting. Yeah. And and also, I guess uh, I should just throw in, I think. You know, Linda Cardellini and Christina Applegate, they just like knock it out of the park. Mm -hmm. Their performances are so solid and so connected to each other as characters, as actors. They're just so funny and warm and also anxious and stressed. And Christina Applegate is always angry and, and crying and just runs the whole gamut all the performances are so tight in this show it's one of the things i like best yeah about definitely yeah and uh, we have the uh bird the dad bird what we thought was the dad bird making an appearance yes yeah and in the garage near the freezer which was interesting too came up later but yeah, I thought um, I thought that was really interesting how they're going out there to save this what they thought was the dad bird trapped in the garage. Right, and then the uh, Judy stands up on the freezer, which is so great where yes. Steve is, and gets the bird. And uh, before I go on, even I want to say that as uh, we're both big fans of Orphan Black. Didn't that bring you back to Allison and Donnie in the garage with the body? Oh the my freezer? gosh, now that you mention it, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Right. The doctor who was the head of that organization, the evil doctor. He yeah, the and then they ended up like yeah. digging up the concrete and burying him under there. Right, so I wonder if we're going to have... Yeah, that would that. be a lot of construction for two women. I don't know. Not that they're not strong women. They could do it, but wow. <laughs> back to that. And um, some another total tangent aside, I'm going to say I started 
re-watching Weeds today. I always used to love the show Weeds. I don't know if yeah, you I've seen some it. of it, yeah. And man, that show, I probably what, about 12, 13 years ago, season one, I went back to season one. And a lot of shows since then have really taken from Weeds, just that whole other side of mm -hmm. suburbia that seeing and i i think uh think we owe we owe some credit to weeds here just watching it today just really yeah yeah definitely yeah that was anyway back to the bird back to the bird so judy goes outside they the four of them go outside and uh they decide mm -hmm. henry and judy decide to let the bird free because judy says that uh if if something, if you love something or like they'll always be in your heart. Or something yeah, Henry like was worried it was going to fly away, but Judy reassured him that it's still, he's still in his heart. But, and, and that was such a touching scene where they're talking about that. And then I'm sure you, you noticed, um, uh, I was going to say Steve, but Ben's lines about the pool. <laughs> yes <laughs> it was so good yeah. he, uh, my favorite of course was I die to get in that pool <laughs> <laughs> Jen looks sick when he said yeah that, she's like she's trying to get his mind off of the pool she's like stop think, stop talking about the pool <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> so after they let the bird go that's when Jen and Judy solidify their bond yeah. again and they and jen tells judy that she was really glad that judy was here to help mm -hmm. with that and then we have a, a turn a turnabout here when jen tells judy she's sorry i don't think we've ever heard that yeah I, I was thinking that too that's kind of refreshing and and it was it was a time when it was appropriate to say i'm sorry and she you could tell she really meant it it wasn't just meaningless yeah, that's true. Nothing worse than a, an apology. That's yeah, BS, yeah. Right? But of course, Judy's response. It's okay. Yep. It's okay. <laughs> They've got to break that habit. And uh, back to the kitchen, and Jen is in her comfy PJs, and reminds me I need new UGG or bear paw slippers. Benjamin's chocolate chip cookies reference to last season when we first met them in episode one, there were Entenmann's chocolate chip cookies. And I really wish I had some now after I watched that episode, I actually looked up online if we can get any near us and we can't, I think that's more of an East coast thing. I have seen some Entenmann's on occasion at Ralph's, but haven't been to Ralph's for a while, so I don't know, but I really wish I had. Yeah, it does make you crave the cookies, which is better than the fentanyl that she had with her cookies. <laughs> oh, true. I forgot about that. See, I just go for <laughs> You were focused on the sweets. Chocolate is my drug, so that's, that's, <laughs> that's good. Say. That's better. Yeah, while she's eating the cookies, she hears the sound in the garage, mm -hmm. and she out to the garage she sees the bird who she thought was the dad bird knocking its beak on yeah. the window and then she looks 
in the rafters and actually sees a nest of baby birds. And I love this line when she says, you're not a dad bird, are you? Yes, that was so sweet. It was so sweet. But I have to say before the sweet comment, I heard the, the tapping and they hadn't shown us what was in the freezer yet. But after that first oh, no. scene where... <laughs> She didn't want Ben to stand on the, the freezer for some reason. I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's in the freezer. And then there's the tapping, and I'm like, no way. <laughs> oh, I think about that. That's is. So Have that yeah, out there. So, yeah, I was glad to see the mom bird. And, and then again, we got to see Jen's um, I, soft side. Yes, definitely. And she takes the the nest outside and the mom bird is with the babies and i think it's also so significant for this show in fact it wasn't a dad and it wasn't her her dead ex-husband who is kind of canonized and we don't know much about him other that uh he was yeah. a cheater i mean henry still reveres him but i think it's so significant in this show mm -hmm. that it's a mom yeah it's a mom care of her children. obviously she's taking care of her children and the women are the strong the strong ones in the show the nurturers and also the strong ones came back yeah yeah exactly the ones that are there <clears throat> are the women yeah excuse me and she looks down at the pool outside and we see the flashback we've been waiting to see of her remembering more about the night yes. she died You want to tell us what she well now i'm getting confused between season uh, episode one and episode two. Oh, okay well she goes goes out uh when she's at the pool and she starts remembering she has the black and white flashbacks and um she and judy are dragging oh Steve yes yes the they put him in the freezer yes yes oh that's what my note says here Let's throw some peas on that thing I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I don't think he's, I don't think he has anything like hiding him on top. I hope it's padlocked or something. Yeah, or how come they didn't go uh, Orphan Black or Breaking Bad and, and did, did they dismember him and, and Orphan Black? I don't I think don't so. I, I don't remember that. Yeah, that would be difficult. But okay. that's yeah. Breaking Bad. Uh, okay. <laughs> All of these <laughs> dark things that we watch. They are. Funny. They yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite kind of show, probably it would be mystery, drama, but also yeah. funny because it's Yeah, really yeah. Like when they're making it um, you know, you know, so ridiculously you know, not real life. That's when, yeah, it, it has the entertaining moments and and the juxtaposition, like you were saying, of you know the cherry pie after the mafia. You know, it's like who who would do that? I mean, I get that it's heightened. It's not exact. I hope it's not like a lot of people's real lives have a body in the freezer in yeah. the garage. But but life in that. You know, there's drama, there's sadness, there, there's funny stuff, there's friendship, mm -hmm. there are fights. And it's years ago, 
there weren't many shows like this because everything had to be very categorized into a very neat little slot. Was it a comedy? Was there drama? But this is how life is. And I know the showrunner calls this uh, a tromedy. Yeah. calls it a tromedy. Or you know, some people could call it a sad com or a dark comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Life, yeah. Right? It's, it, yeah. It's life to the extreme because life does have all these um, crazy ups and downs while you're still trying to maintain the day-to-day stuff. It's just, uh, thankfully, not usually bodies in the freezer. But I don't know about you, but I could use seeing the bodies in the freezer now because it's getting pretty pretty mundane every day <laughs> the next year. So it's good action during the quarantine, and it uh, gives us something to think about what's going to happen next. And I want to say that we've been really, really good. We have not watched yeah. any other episode yet. So just watching them one at a time because we don't want to give you any spoilers before uh, we get to an episode and get confused. So uh, we're being really, really diligent and disciplined. Yeah, yeah, so, that yeah. and then, um, like like I said, my memory, I, I think I would just mess it all up because I would talk about the wrong thing in the wrong episode and I don't want to do that. I like I like looking at it one one episode at a time. I think it's been it's been a good good thing to do in quarantine. Thank you for listening to Dead to Us. You can like us, rate us, and subscribe. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. You can email us any dead to me topic that you would like us to discuss at jkpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voicemail. Thanks for listening and make sure to come back for the next episode of Dead to Us when we'll be discussing episode three, season two of Dead to Me. Ciao, everyone.